Do you believe in Jesus? Yes, sir. Well, you're going to meet him. And welcome to Steel Creed, where we connect faith and reason to ordinary experience by steel manning aspects of Christendom. Today we will be discussing the purpose of this show, and joining me is my good friend Ian. Well, greetings Nate, greetings listeners, and greetings fellow heretics. Looking forward to our discussion today. Alright, let's jump right in. So Ian, we are doing this show, and why do we want to do this show? I don't know. No. Uh, so, Oh, and can you give us a quick introduction on who Ian is? I suppose so. So, uh, my name is Ian Dieters. Uh, my formal training is in mathematics. I have a PhD in theoretical mathematics. Professionally, I have an, I'm an associate of the Casually Actuarial Society. Um, my hobbies, my amateur interests, would be in philosophy, theology, uh, as well as economics. How about you? What can you tell us about yourself? Oh, well, my name is Nate. Uh, my degree's in engineering, and my background is just in, or my hobbies are just in religion in general and in history specifically. So, the Christian religion being the, the primary uh, interest. Okay. So, also dabble in the other Abraham faiths, but... Yeah. <laughs> do, do you dabble in Islam? I don't dabble in Islam. I read about it a little. Okay, gotcha. All right, so why do we want to do this? Well, I mean, I think we both probably have similar reasons for it. But for me personally, I'm not going to go through all of the, uh, say, axioms or deductions that lead me to this point, but I'll simply state it outright, which is that I think some of the most important ways that we can love someone is to make them aware that, one, God exists— and has fully disclosed himself through the person of Christ, which if I had to summarize Christendom, it would be that statement. One, there is a God, which is personal, uh, and that God has not simply spun the world on its axis and walked away, but rather has disclosed himself through the person of Christ. And then the rest of Christendom is saying, well, what can you deduce from those two statements? What can we infer? Um. Second is telling people that they have a purpose for which they were created. Uh, and three, my working hypothesis, which is that the greatest joy a person can experience is acting in accordance with that purpose. Okay, so I haven't really said anything which is outside of the norm that you would find in any uh, show about these kinds of topics. So a reasonable question the listener might have is, why on earth should I bother listening to these two guys? And my answer is that the reason why I wanted to do this is that, like I said, I think uh, explaining those three ideas to people is very important. And in my experience with the various shows that are out there, I, I still saw a gap between um, what they were doing and, and hitting those targets. And so a few of the things that I hope to make very clear in this show is one is a clear delineation between faith and reason, which again, given my, my training in mathematics, I've thought about for many years. 
Um, also an emphasis on action as opposed simply to truth. So we're not simply trying to, um, amass a large set of facts here so that you can win in a debate, but rather the idea of truth as the handmaiden of love, the idea that truth is an input into action and really it is action in which you are most interested Another thing that I think is sometimes lacking, again, in recent shows, although um, Robbie Zacharias was brilliant at this, which was a consideration of the consequences of the negation of various articles of faith. So you can criticize the Christendom all you like, but again, the point is you still have to act. And so when you're acting, you're assuming something. So what is that something? And does that assumption lead to better results than what Christendom is proposing? Uh, and a, so fourth, an appeal to the subjective value hierarchy of the listener. And so what do I mean by that? Well, I think oftentimes when you listen to people talk about Christendom and its various tenets, one of the things that comes up is that people will say, you'll get the impression that well, Christianity, living the Christian life is a great sacrifice while we're here on earth, uh, but really pays dividends in the afterlife, right? And I completely disagree with the, No, I guess I have to disagree with that statement. It does pay dividends in the afterlife, but my claim is that it actually also pays dividends here, that the only thing harder than not living the Christian life is, uh, the only thing harder than living the Christian life is not living the Christian life. Uh, and finally, and um, the other thing that I want to make clear in this show is taking the idea of God as personality seriously. And so what I mean by that is not approaching the study of theology, literally knowledge of God, not approaching that as one would approach some sort of scientific endeavor where you're trying to uh, systematize a large body of facts because God is not a large body of facts. He's a person. And when you understand that, I think a lot of the ideas that flow from Christendom make a lot more sense than if you're trying to deduce it from, you know, first principles as though, as though, as though you can write down, you know, here, here's the definition of God. Here's the four points. Okay, from these four things, then definition, we can deduce this and that. No, 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 no. If you take God as person seriously, many, many ideas follow natu flow naturally from there. And so it's, it's those five things that, again, like I said, and look, it's not like I have exhaustively examined all shows that are out there, but it's just in my experience, I haven't seen those ideas highlighted as much as I think they could be. And I think that those ideas, when highlighted, would be very useful for the listener to see how the ideas of Christendom, the Articles of Faith, do attend to their value hierarchies and are useful in their life. So how about you? You could be doing anything with your time. Why are you doing this? Especially with you. Especially with me. Yeah, well, I can put a bag on my head if you'd like. Yeah, so just in my background, like I said, I have an engineering background. Um, and so my predisposed notion is to fix things, if that can be understood. The practical, we're always looking for practical solutions. Yep. The other thing I've done, which in, is always a, it's it's a fun part of our relationship too, 
because I'm always trying to do things in the general solution, and you're like, oh, who cares? Does it work for? <laughs> does it work for the case at hand? Yeah. Well, there's been many. There's also been a couple times that I've had to just, uh, you know, put my tail between my legs and go find the general solution, and that that's worked out very well for me because I've tried to do some math uh, problems, and Ian is like, well, you gotta, you know, go back to this, and I'm just like, I don't want to. I just want to solve this specific problem. But I digress. You know, my main ministry focus has been with youth. So I've been working with youth at our church for 16 years. Probably half of that with, like, younger kids, half of that with the teenagers. And the difficult thing for me is that no, it's really difficult when you're catechizing kids or you're trying to teach kids about their faith to... Get them to understand why they believe something, if that makes sense. So, oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's like why? Why should I care? Yeah, why should I care? And then Christ died for your sins. Okay, okay, and that's fine. And <laughs> and and I feel like Far we out. we do a really good job of explaining why you should care that maybe Christ died for your sins or that He died on the cross or you know that the resurrection. Okay. But once you get into anything more. Uh, Substantive isn't the right word, but anything a little bit deeper, like why should you know? Here's this concept of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Well, why is this orthodoxy? Yeah, why do we care? Why do we care? And usually, the kids who are very uh, serious about their faith, when they learn apologetics, they learn here's 16 reasons or facts that to point out why you can trust the Trinity, whether it's these Bible verses or these, you know, uh, allegories or something, but. Analogies? Analogies. That's the one. But what you really miss is why would you want to bother believing it in the first place? And so I see two main things happen with the youths after they leave and they go out on their own. You have a subset of people who just say, this Christian life is not for me. I want to do my own thing. Uh, You also have a subset of people who say, I kind of wish that this was true. I want it. I want it to be true because this is my culture. This is what my parents believe. That you know, I want it to be true, but I just can't, in good conscience, accept it. I've learned X about science. Now, what do you mean in good conscience? So I'll give you a perfect example. One of the kids that I mentored, um, he his family. He he volunteered at a, a, a young Earth creationist museum. Okay. And what Ken Ham. Uh, not that one. It was something here locally. Oh, we have where where you could come in. You know, like they bring like homeschool families in and they teach them about this is why oh, you should believe. I didn't even Earth know we had that around here. Six thousand years old. Yeah. So, and he his excuse for the reason he didn't believe was that he just realized that science science can't accept this thesis. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, like just awful you know and he he already had a wife and kid at that point who in and all this and so you know sat down and talked to him and you know after talking to him there was a lot of other reasons that but a big part of it was intellectual he Mm -hmm. just could not sustain christianity intellectually anymore right now uh that's not that's not a knock on necessarily young earth creationism not trying to knock that <laughs> but i'm just trying to say that for there's a variety of things whether it is something like orthodoxy just itself why should i why do i need to believe that jesus was fully god and fully man why do i need right. to believe in the trinity uh what is the holy spirit and why do you insist that it has some 
this deification level of deification when when you look at scripture it's not even super clear and and all these these questions start to pile up sure and we just go back to uh, the one thing that I'm trying to do more and this is a trial and error type deal is try to get people to understand why you want to believe these things in the first place mm-hmm. and then once you understand start to understand why it comes the natural question comes from where did these ideas come from so the wonderful thing about Christianity, and I think the what we're going to do when we start looking into it, is we're going to see that it's unique from the perspective of this concept of the Incarnation. Jesus coming down to Earth, becoming one of us, experiencing everything that we experienced, then giving us the keys to, literally, the keys to the kingdom, and letting us run with it. Basically. So answering Joan Osborne's question in the affirmative, what if God was one of us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and what are the consequences and, and all the, that, those types of things? So that's what gets me hyped up. And like I said, my interest, one of my hobbies is reading history. And I use that to inform two main things. You know, I find wisdom from that. And then also um, don't repeat mistakes. Right. So that's another reason you read history. You want your mistakes to be unique. And then, then the other super great thing about history when it comes to the Christian religion is because Jesus came here and gave us the keys and we're driving the bus, the history is actually part of that incarnation to an exteri- a certain extent. The kingdom of God is incarnated in us. And all these things from theology, all the good and the bad, but definitely the good, you have to take the history part seriously because that is how God decided to do this if you believe in what, the what do you religion. mean take it seriously what a, how what would taking it seriously look like versus not taking it seriously I think not and, taking and why should I care <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in, the spe- I care? in the spirit of this so for example uh, something like some type of Orthodox uh, doctrine or doctrine wouldn't mean true like dogma okay? okay so the trinity the idea that we have from the trinity it didn't happen in a vacuum right we have that dogma for a reason mm-hmm. and the main reason why is because there were people saying that jesus wasn't god mm. but that took 300 years okay we don't even have the serious term like the god like the trinity being used until almost 200 years after jesus died okay yeah. that doesn't mean it isn't true mm-hmm. but if you're serious about steelmanning it. Now, right. there, you don't have to know all that history to believe it's true. Sure. Okay? But if someone wants to go to that level, they should be able to understand where this came from. And the only way that they can do that is if they take their history seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not taking it seriously just kind of opens you up potentially to, um, to being easily attacked. Mm. Because if, for example, if you say... I believe in the Trinity, and um, it's in the Bible, and that's why. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. that's not sufficient, because the Bible's job was not to prove the dogma of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. So you need more. Which, when you say you need more, I, I, do you mean that you need more in in order to in the explanation? Yeah. Well, I was going to say in order to um, what. A, a, affirm the idea um, when it when it's attacked, when its relevance is attacked, or something like that. 
Yeah. Like, like, like if, a, if, if a, an atheist would come to you, or even, even um, oh, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think a Jehovah's Witness, for instance, I, I believe they reject the idea of the Trinity. Should ask my neighbor. He's a Jehovah's Witness. Really nice guy. That is true. Yeah. Um, and his daughter mows my lawn. But anyway, uh, that that we could affirm it not only from a scriptural perspective, but 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 ground that in something larger than mere biblical interpretation. Not that biblical interpretation isn't important, but it is one of multiple facets of Christendom. Yeah, and the name of the show is Steel Creed, so. A lot of churches say the Nicene Creed every day, right? Which is a riff on the Apostles' Creed, right? And so the, the Nicene Creed is just an expansion of the Apostles' Creed, and it came about because of that particular issue. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen in a vacuum. There were debates and things being worked out. And this gets back to the incarnation of the Christian faith. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to work these things out and to establish these things when they needed to. You know, so that the body of Christ could flourish. So, I and and that's another thing too about Christendom that I see a need for. And we live in a disintegrating culture. We need to be connected to our faith in a corporate structure. And there's a lot of people who are just like, it's me, Jesus, and the Bible. Right. And, and I'm not knocking the Bible. I'm just saying there's people who say, <laughs> I don't need to go to church. Right. I can sit over here in my corner, sure, and and I have I got my Bible next to me. Mm -hmm. I maybe I'll watch, you know. Uh, I'll watch online. I'll watch. I'll watch online. Yeah. I'll watch some John MacArthur. I'll watch me some, you know, Andy Stanley. But I don't need <laughs> <laughs> quite the gap there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, but I don't need. I don't need. Uh, the religion mm -hmm. per se. Oh right, like, yeah. Well, yeah. actually, that, it, it's that, a, that it's is a relationship, not a religion. It's a relationship, not a religion. I can't and, stand and, that phrase. <laughs> you know, and, and it's kind of sad because the relationship aspect of of Christianity in our culture has been so minimal minimalized, you know, to a certain extent, for or trivialized, you know, or you're saying know, the relationship cheapened. Yeah, well, we use the term. You just need a relationship with God, right? And what God desires for us is relationship, right. but it's not just with Him. It's with your fellow mm -hmm. people, and then also with the rest. It, you have a job to redeem creation, mm -hmm. and so being a Christian is so much more than just you and Jesus. It's like no, Jesus is empowering you, and He wants to expand. He wants to use you as a a vessel to help redeem this entire creation. Right. So yeah, so then it's not really that the, the idea of relationship is minimized. It's that, I, w I would say it's the opposite. It's, it's that deeper. It's, um, well, Christian life is supposed to be deeper, but it's uh, overemphasized, I think. The relationship is overemphasized to the detriment of everything else that you just mentioned. Yeah, and I, I think the relationship, I would just put a plural on it, relationships. God mm -hmm. wants you to have relationships right? to a certain extent. And, you know, the, these are all periphery things that I'm sure we'll address over the course Absolutely. of us doing the show. Yeah. And, and that goes back to another interesting part of our relationship is that you're the hardcore libertarian. Yes. And I am the, I don't know what you would call me. You're conservative. minimalist conservative. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I put a greater personal emphasis, and this comes from me reading history, especially the faith histories. I, I just put more emphasis on the corporate 
nature of certain things. And then what happens is I ask Ian, so Ian, explain this to me from a libertarian perspective. <laughs> That's really the purpose of this show. Yeah. The, the pretense is that Nate and I will be talking about apologetics and philosophy, but really I'm just trying to convert him to being a libertarian. Anarchist. A- anarchist in particular, yeah. yeah. So uh, that'll be really good. So just we're, the first couple of shows we're going to do, we're going to start off with that conceptual landscape. Yes. And can you do a quick preview of what the conceptual landscape is? Because it is one of the most important conversations we're going to have. Yeah, well, it's it's going to be in a certain sense a meta episode. So the conceptual landscape is going to be the actual first episode of this. But the whole point of that is to explain how all of these conversations are going to be framed, um, how we're going to think through the different aspects of Christendom, how we're going to uh, differentiate, say, between faith and reason and fact and value and all that stuff and how how these things play together. And so the all subsequent episodes, so that is to say, what, two through N, are going to be all framed using the language and the thinking that is explained in the first episode of The Conceptual Landscape. Great. Then we'll jump into the existence of God, which you'll also kind of lead that conversation, Ian. Yep. And then, uh, well, yeah. And then uh, we'll do the historical Jesus. So again, one of the... One of the claims of Christendom is that Christ has disclosed himself more fully through the person of Christ. So at the very least, we should make sure there was a person of Christ. And then we'll talk about the resurrection, um, because, of course, that is a, you know, Lewis called the incarnation the grand miracle. I like the resurrection, but of course you need them both. Uh, but to me, the so much hinges on the resurrection, because if it's true then you really need to start taking this guy seriously. This guy meaning Jesus. And that should be, uh, that'll wrap up the first season, those four four episodes. And then it just gets hairy from there. It just gets into whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> and But we do want to address, uh, like I said, the purpose of the show is to steal man the Christian faith, so we'll hit it all. We'll, yep. you know, probably hit... March through the basic doctrines, march through the creed, look at the applications. Practices, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. So, all right, everyone... Well, as will be our custom on this show, uh, first of all, thank you for joining us on this introductory episode, Um, but as will become our custom, we will allow Petra to see you out. This has been another episode of the Steel Creed Show on Earth as it is in heaven.